Hello and welcome to Professional Disaster. Who boy, my name is Matt Norman. And my name is Will Hafner. I just went cowboy on you. I don't know what could have prompted you to do I, that. It's like, why'd you know. decide to do that all on your own? Yeah, that's that's a stretch, but okay. <laughs> hey guys, this is the podcast where we ask each other questions and we talk them out. You know, that's right. We chop them up. We figure it out. We engage in what Plato would refer to as the dialogic, trying to discover meaning. I'm he's, coming at you full force here he, today, buddy. He, he stole it all from Socrates, man. <laughs> Good old Socrates. Good old Socrates. That's that's a. Uh, a reference from a great movie. If you know it, send us an email. That's right. Oh, that's what we should do. Prof Disaster 2023 at gmail.com. Man, what do you think Socrates would think about email? He'd probably be probably be pretty freaked out. He'd probably be pretty annoyed. Yeah. I'm tired of getting all these daggum emails. <laughs> these people are dumb. That is actually... According to most of the writing uh, that we've uh, recovered from around his time, that is almost exactly what he probably would have thought. Yeah. 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 I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> Why are you spending this, wasting your lives, sending these dumb emails when we could we, be having conversation? Guys, we don't think it's a waste. We love emails. We love emails. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really excited to get uh, to get more emails. We might do a, a, an email kind of e bag. Uh, that's not what they call it, but whatever. <laughs> that's <laughs> what we're gonna call it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a mail bag, but it's like a it's an email bag, you know. Uh, but it would be really cool to get your thoughts and uh, and some questions. We've gotten some already. We're excited to get some more. That would be that'd be a lot of fun for a future episode. Yeah, man. Send them in. Questions, thoughts. Maybe some concerns. We've got a few of our own. <laughs> it's like the emails start to say, I'm getting increasingly concerned about you yeah. guys as we continue to listen to the podcast. That's us too. Yeah. Mental mental health. It's a, it's a real thing, in case you didn't know. But, hey, we got a warm-up question. Let's do it. Are we ready for this? I'm so ready. <laughs> you are overly ready today. Okay. <laughs> no, I got to Dial it back. <laughs> Got to zimmer down just a little bit. I know. I know. No, man, bring it. Full energy. Let's do this. I, what I was going to ask is, have you had a movie experience, doesn't matter where, whether you were at home, whether you're in the theaters, where you really emotionally connected to the movie for some reason, or the, the movie was just caused an emotional reaction? Maybe it was something that was that was going on that you're like, man, I will never forget the way I felt when I was watching this movie. Yeah. Have you ever had an experience like that, Matt? I, I and, have. And did it, did you ever have an experience like that that didn't involve a Spider-Man movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to need you to come back to me. No, no, no. <laughs> I've got a couple. I've got a couple. Um, okay, so we have talked about this. We might have even talked about this example at one point or another, but it's a really good example for this question. But the Lord of the Rings movies, yeah. right? Um, the Lord of the Rings, the first one, the, the the Fellowship of the Ring, got me into this incredible series by J.R.R. Tolkien. And so from the time that that first movie came out to you know the next year, the the two towers came out and then the year after that the the return of the king came out i had the chance to read through all the books i really immersed myself in the in the lore that was a really fun very nerdy yeah. time in my <laughs> life but by the time the return of the king is coming out man i'm i'm all in on this so by the time that some of these epic battles are happening yeah. in uh you know around the, the 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 mighty capital city of gondor Minas Tirith, and and you know yeah. there's that battle of plenenor fields right outside and they're, they're, you I just know, feel like you're name dropping at this point. I know it's like I'm really trying to impress you in particular, uh, but <laughs> but no, it's uh, but man, they're just first of all the the music is so epic in that movie, so yes. it just creates this feeling of yes. like these guys are fighting for the fate of their of the world right here in this this incredibly effective way. When uh, you know, th there's all this cool stuff. There's this one moment that I remember though, where like 
it, and it's just like this totally random moment. It's not really iconic necessarily, but but there's just like they're they're launching these catapults with all this debris out into the the uh, field with all the orcs and stuff. And you're like, there's this tracking shot where you like follow this huge chunk of like the wall as it's being thrown through the. It felt like the most epic thing in the world mm. just watching it go through and just decimate this like yeah. section of orcs. And it, that was a time where I wanted to get up out of my seat and like cheer. I was like, yeah. they're gonna do it, guys. And I'm like, oh, we're in a movie theater. We're in a movie Calm theater. Her down. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that that's one that's like one really triumphant moment that I I really think of maybe only exceeded by Avengers Endgame um, in some of those end end fights there. So but. this this is so ridiculous, but I don't know. I'm almost ashamed to say that I saw this movie in the theaters, but it was one. I don't. I at least don't know which movie it was. It was in the the Twilight series. Okay. And there's this scene where, like, Bella wants uh, Edward's uh, affections, the, this vampire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to say it safely so Jeff doesn't have to leave. <laughs> and he was like, he basically was like, I'm going to, I want to wait until marriage. And I and I had that same moment. I almost, I almost stood up in the theaters and started clapping. Just- I was like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, somebody. Oh man, finally a, like, a role model. I yes, follow. <laughs> someone setting a good example for the youth. I was like, "This is fantastic!" All you people, listen up. <laughs> this is what Edward the Vampire says. Yeah, that's no, terrible. No complicated morality no, from, no, from no, Edward no, the Vampire. That's great. What about you, ma'am? What's an example? So, there's one that's it's kind of a just kind of a sad story, but I. I was in a, oh man, I don't remember what class I was in. At some class in high school, Lord mm-hmm. knows what it was. The teacher said, hey, we'll give you extra credit if you go see this movie, which is Hotel Rwanda. Oh, okay. And yep. so me being the uh, charming, dashing lad that I am. Mm-hmm. Studious. I, yeah. You know? I, I was like, man, this is a great opportunity to invite this girl that I really like. <laughs> Perfect. And so I did. I was like, I like I manned up and I was like, yeah, hey, I was like, let's let's go see this movie. Uh would you yeah, you know, do you want to go with me? We can get the extra credit. And she's like, yeah. She's like, I'll I'll meet you there. Well this is somebody that I knew pretty well. Like I had been crushing on this girl for a long time. It's like mm-hmm. it's not like I've, I I was surprised that this happened. And so I'm I'm sitting there, I'm at the movie theater, I'm waiting for this movie to start, and she walks in holding hands with some dude. Oh. And I was like <laughs> like devastated. Like I and you know you we, we do this to ourselves. Like this was a she was a Christian girl and she was pretty and I just I just kinda had it in my head that like this is the girl I'm gonna marry someday, which is so I mean, like now in hindsight to like be thinking about that in high school was probably dumb, but it's okay. You, yeah. you don't know any better. Oh yeah, absolutely. And here she walks in with this this other dude and it was just like so not only is that part hard, but Hotel Rwanda uh-huh. is a movie about genocide. Yeah. And there's a scene where they're driving in the fog and they're like hitting like speed bump after speed bump after speed bump. And they're like, what the heck is going on? And they get out of the car to realize that they're driving over dead bodies. And it was just like this, this horribly emotional movie that I'm watching that I guess at some level I was fortunate that I could mask that I wasn't necessarily crying (laughs) about being rejected <laughs> it's like wow this this is a really touching movie i know it's like wow will was really affected by this movie yeah like, yeah, yeah it was yep. it was uh it was rough i'll never forget that that was a i, I was devastated in, in many ways but i have been to the movie theater uh with somebody who had a date and they spent most of the movie making out and i, oh, I was just there man. watching the movie <laughs> Wow. Okay. Maybe maybe cool movie. (laughs) Maybe we should talk about horrible movie theater experiences sometime. I I it was the first Hellboy, and I I had to have been either in college or high school. Mm -hmm. I don't remember when it came out, but I remember sitting next to a couple. It was packed. Okay. Not not. I mean, theaters just 
aren't normally like I haven't experienced packed like this in a long time. Oh yeah, I no. mean post COVID, it's definitely different. But it's packed, and the guy next to me is there with his girlfriend who doesn't know a lick of English, and he translates the whole movie. Oh no, for this girl, and I'm just like, dude, I was so I was so annoyed. It's like what a way to ruin a movie to oh, to have no. the the Spanish uh, <laughs> subtitles being spoken in the in the background after every single scene. I was, it just so I didn't enjoy that movie Doesn't very mean, much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> until I watched it at home later. <laughs> but you said two. Was there another one that you had? That, or um, was it just that? I mean, technically it was three because you said all three of Lord of the yeah. Rings movies. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think um, the, the other one I was thinking of uh, was uh, was the the scene in Avengers Endgame in the uh, mm. in uh, the, the, oh when all the girls come together and they yeah yeah that was that was it for me. Um, you were so empowered, weren't you? I was like Tara, this is what it's all about, and. Uh, Tara actually really does like that scene a lot, so I'm not gonna bash it too much. It oh no, no, a, feels a little contrived. To oh me, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I have nothing wrong with it. I just, I'm just poking fun. <laughs> no, it's funny. No, no. Uh, I, I, it was one of those things where, uh, like, when Captain America lifts Thor's hammer, I, when, when I realized it was going to happen, I was like, oh, I can't believe that I didn't. For one thing. A lot of these movies, I feel like I have a good sense of like what's going to happen in them because of yeah. comic book lore or whatever. But that was one where I was like, "Oh, of course, that's what he's gonna do." And then, and then it was pretty epic. And then somehow I had forgotten that they wished back to life all of the heroes in Avengers Endgame. Yeah, so when yeah. they when they show up, oh, you know, they do a awesome. really effective job remind you know making it seem like, "Oh, yeah, Cap's gonna die. It's his last movie. It's the last, you know, Chris yeah. Evans isn't on contract anymore with Marvel, so this is how he's gonna go out." And then all the heroes show up, and you're like, "This is the most amazing." moment ever yeah. yeah that was a that that probably saved the movie for me because that's that in that end part is pretty awesome yeah yeah oh that's cool yeah the, the only other one that i was going to mention yeah, was uh seeing uh the animated movie oh man yeah 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 you're which one sing one or sing two see oh, i mean i love both of them but uh -huh. there's a scene in sing one and i don't i we saw sing two in theaters yes, together yes, actually yes, yes. but with our kids, I just throwing that out there. <laughs> they were want, in a different theater. Yeah, I, don't you know? want, I want people like, to think that we went to see Sing Two together, just me and you. <laughs> Mandate. Uh, so it's the first one. I don't think I saw it in theaters, so I must have been watching it. But there's there's a they do their performance at the end of the movie, and Johnny, who is the ape, yeah, his dad's in prison, and he's kind of. Not been ignoring Johnny, but kind of grooming Johnny to to be who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of ignoring his talent as yeah. a singer. And there's He's not this, really respecting yeah, his wishes and, in that way. And or... there's that moment that he realizes, holy cow, I screwed up. Yeah. And he breaks out of prison to go give Johnny a hug and to tell him that he's proud of him. And mm -hmm. it was just like, I don't know why, but like, I, I I'm not saying that I felt like shame that i was crying but like it just caught me so off guard because i'm just watching this you know this silly comedy kids yeah. movie yeah. and i'm like <laughs> weeping because <laughs> it's just that's i don't know that's just so special to have you know a, a dad come to you and especially when there was a strained relationship and just say i love you and i'm proud of you like yeah. it's like it was just a really really powerful moment in that movie these, these those movies do a good job because sing 2 did the same thing for me towards the end when um i can't remember any of the names of the characters but uh but uh when the lion uh guy that's played by uh by bono yeah. um, is uh is like struggling with his you know i mean he's basically he's basically scared to go out and perform because you know he's just so wrapped up in emotion you know yeah uh with the the loss of his wife and all of this stuff and just just the idea that you know this incredibly accomplished performer would struggle with this that it would it would just cause him such paralyzing fear and anxiety I, my heart kind of just broke for this this animated lion yeah. <laughs> creature you know it's like i'm like i'm feeling things yeah yeah it's like oh man you can do it yeah <laughs> you can do it man oh man that's crazy I know. We, well yeah. we're disastrous I, yeah we, yeah we are we really are but that's okay it's okay we're also we're also 
professionals. You know what? Sometimes we we focus too much on the disaster part, yeah. and we need to come back and talk about the professional part. It's yeah, that's not as fun though. It's not. It's really, it's really not. <laughs> it's not relatable. So, like, what's your what's your email setup like? You know, let's talk about that a little bit. How many labels do you? No, I'm just kidding. Let's let's move on to something else. So. <laughs> Well, so, you got the floor. This is your question. Yeah, let's get into this. I'm going to give a shout out to my brother, Zach, because he asked me this question um, when I was uh, visiting with him relatively recently. And it really compelled me because I have kind of a complicated answer with it. And you might, too, uh, Will. So so this is one where we can definitely. I like how you just at this point, you kinda, just assume I'm complicated. Hey, <laughs> we're very complicated. That's right, it's, man. It's so complicated and complex and interesting. Too. Yeah, <laughs> there's that part. But so this is one where you, maybe uh, maybe you've uh, kind of it, I don't want to speak in terms of like, you know, all one thing or another pigeonholing someone in, in one category yeah, or another. Yeah. We're, we're on a spectrum. So yeah, it's speak. always situational. Yeah. But so let me just kind of ask the question out here and we'll, we can kind of start it off this way. When you think about, you know, personality types, one one kind of like type of separation is the idea about being an optimist versus a pessimist. And if you kind of had to say whether you lean one way or the other, which way would you kind of lean towards? I feel like most people in my life would say that I lean towards pessimistic. Mm -hmm. But I, when thinking about this question for myself, I, I feel like what I really, like truly for me, what I tend to do is I tend to take the opposite of the, like, uh, the temperature of the room mm -hmm. per mm -hmm. se. Like if, there are people who are talking about something mm -hmm. in a pessimistic way. I will naturally like, you'll shift. Lean, so yeah. That you I'll shift the under, other direction. And then if, if people are like, so like excited or, you know, I'll, I'll be the one to play devil's advocate and mm -hmm. say, well, what about, what about this? And I think that probably why a lot of people would put me more so in the pessimistic category and like we said, I'm I'm complex. I yes. I think I I kind of move in and out of both. But I think if if they were to do that, it would be because I tend to view everything in the frame of how can I do this better. Mm -hmm. Like that's how my mm -hmm. mind works. You know, people. There's that age old question: Are you half, or glass half full, or glass half empty? I don't I don't care about that. Yeah. I'm looking at the part that's empty and saying. How can I feel this? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How can this be better? That's kind of the way that my brain works. And so sometimes I psychoanalyze or maybe even too much. We'll, we'll pick something apart. You know, if my wife makes something for dinner and it's good, I won't just say it's good. I'll say, man, this is good, but it would be great if you did this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I've also learned that's not really a great... <laughs> Not really a great way to approach that. So you, you got to be careful how I do that. But that's yeah. I naturally do that with everything, uh -huh. not not just with her. I'm always like okay, and, and maybe it's that's the way I've learned to look at my preaching is to look through and say like it's okay for this to be good, but I want to be great. So how um, my focus tends to be on okay, what what wasn't right, and what how can I how can I fix that or how can how can I make that better? And so sometimes that can seem. Yeah. Like you're more focused on the negative, but I, I really, I want to take those negatives and, and how can I make them positive? I, what you mentioned um, is in a lot of ways, very similar to my answer in the sense that I really truly believe that overall I'm an optimist, you know, like I, I, I not always the case. I, I grew up um, and I would have identified myself as being pretty pessimistic about like, you know, my future or about how like circumstances were going to uh, turn out. And I, I think that now I've kind of shifted that a little bit more that I, I generally believe that things are, are going to be okay. And then um, not perfect. And there will always be problems that pop up, but, but I, I have a certain amount of optimism just, just in general, that's kind of my default condition. However, like you said, because of the way that I like to look at myself and look at my circumstances around me, I always want to try and just get a little bit better at everything that I do. I want to try and make things a little bit better. And so I, I guess 
kind of wondering what your thoughts are on this. You know, like you said, there's a there's there's kind of like a because of a growth mindset component, which we've talked about in the past a little bit before. That is by and large a really positive thing, right? You can you can't go wrong yeah. with a growth mindset. But you know, is there something about you know your communication style or or you know our communication styles? Because I would lump myself in there with it too. That it's like sometimes. Sometimes we we skip the the good part and just yeah. kind of immediately jump to the uh, to the. But here's how we can make it a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, the I guess the the crutch there is, well, the the good is good, so I'm not concerned so about. So don't that. really need to talk about it too much. Yeah. yeah, don't really focus on that. And I'm I don't I don't know about you. I do not take praise well. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't really know why. It's not that I don't want it. I just don't always know how to accept it. Do you think do you think that it comes from the fact that sometimes it feels like the the you know any kind of like compliment or praise can feel like pretty I don't know perfunctory or just kind of like really like um easy like you know like somebody says something to you like oh that was yeah, a good I mean, that was a good sermon or something like that and you're like okay but like some of it's that but some of it like I I just, I guess I just don't know what to say in return. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's fine. Like, do I go like the, the, the solid Chick-fil-A method and just say my pleasure? <laughs> no, but I mean like it, it, sometimes I, like I don't, you know, a lot of times if somebody comes up, like you said, there's a lot of those comments where it's like, okay, whatever you just, you know, yeah, good sermon, you know, whatever that means. And then there's the people that, are, I guess don't normally say something to me. And so that means a lot because it's like, you know, this really did you yeah. Know, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, help yeah. me or affect me or teach me something. You know, so a lot of people, I, I prefer when people say, Hey, you said this and I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Maybe think this way, like understanding, like what, what was it that, that really helped you? Like those things are more beneficial, but sometimes it's just like, I, like, I don't I'd love to say that it's just speaking but it's not because mm-hmm. really if I'm doing an effective job it's because I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to work in and through me. Mm-hmm. And so what what really impacted you or helped you grow I'm not really fully responsible I for. I see. Yeah. Okay. So there's I think that, that part. That yeah. there's part of part of that and it's like man that was a really good job. It's like well I mean I I appreciate your praise and I think sometimes like I I fall in between those categories of like, I don't want to be praised for entertaining you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, so if I entertained you, I didn't really do my job. Yeah. Like if you're saying, man, that was a really funny story that you shared or, you know, that was a really cool, you know, thought that you had. Yeah. It's like, or you were really, sometimes I feel like some people are saying you were really funny today. Yeah. Right. So thank you. Thank you for that. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you didn't fall asleep. <laughs> and, and I like, I don't, I'm not trying to say, Anybody that says something nice, it, I'm so grateful. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's just really hard to know how, how do, how do you respond to that? And yeah, I, it's a, it, it's a really good point because, you know, I think to some degree when we, when we enter into anything with the right level of humility, you know, to be appreciated or to be complimented or whatever, that's, that's, I mean, that is a wonderful thing. That's a great kindness. And, and I don't mean to. Um, uh, uh, diminish that or, or just kind of suggest that's not something that we shouldn't do for each other necessarily. But, you know, it is, it is tough too, because, you know, we want to give, we want to give the glory to God all, in all these ways. And yeah. so we're almost kind of encouraged not to dwell on it too much, you know, um, or at least our minds can kind of twist that around to kind of say like, yeah, but that wasn't me. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, sure. It came, it came through me, but, but, you know, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to internalize that because, you know, you gotta, I don't want to get big head about it or anything. You really got to find the balance. And I think that there is an eternal balance that God gives us for those of us that do stuff like this, because there are times where I feel terrible about what I've done. Mm-hmm. And it's in those moments that usually I, I hear the most like solid feedback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times it's God saying like, it, it it's okay, bro. I got you. Like, mm-hmm. this is not just on you. And I, I tell this to people that I train all the time and I try to, you know, remember it for myself is that 
God can do more with my worst than I can do with my best. And so when I have that, that mindset, it's, it's not about my ability to perform. But then it just, it just goes back to if I do feel like I did perform well, I think we got to be careful not to fall into that mindset either to say, well, I had, I, I had nothing to do with this or, and, and maybe even some of that sometimes is false humility. Like, you know, please keep saying this, but I'm going to say, well, you know, it was all God. He, wait, he did it all, but wait, please, oh, stop, make, stop, yeah, stop, stop. <laughs> but please make me feel better. Like it, it's just, yeah. a, it's such a, it's just a, such a weird dynamic that I don't, I just don't know how to respond to it sometimes. And some, I'm sure that there's a lot of that that has to deal with, my own emotional, you know, health mm-hmm. in the moment. So kind of, kind of walking back to some of the impetus of, of us getting into that, that particular example, do you find that sometimes it's easier to kind of like dig into or respond to, or, or, you know, I don't know, kind of engage with the idea mm-hmm. of like, yeah. of more hopefully portrayed constructive, um, uh, well, feedback. It's like, funny. Cause I'm connecting those dots and, and I wonder part of it is I, I feel more comfortable digging into what I did wrong rather than dwelling on what I did right. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that even of itself speaks into, and I don't know that that would necessarily bend me towards being pessimistic. Right. Right, right, right. But at this, at the same time, like, I don't want to dwell on that. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what good does that do? Yeah, I think to some degree, I wonder if that that question. Because just a little bit of my thinking on this as I've kind of processed through it, um, you know, the idea of being an optimist versus a pessimist is something that I felt like when I was growing up, I was kind of highly encouraged to be an optimist, you know, like, and, and in the sense that, you know, I, I had a lot of tendencies towards pessimism, pessimism, excuse me. And, uh, and, and I was, uh, I felt a certain level of pressure, like, or questioning. It's like, well, Matt, why can't you be more optimistic? You know, it's like, and and so I think almost like there was something wrong with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and some of that's probably I mean almost all of that is probably just me having a certain amount of internalized in- insecurity. Probably I I don't know that, that my can, family or anybody would have ever really said I, that. But can I ahead. ask you a question? Because mm-hmm. it, it it's funny because I wrote this down. I I wrote down the question: Is pessimism shame based? Right. And I. I wonder, I wonder, right? You know, because I was just thinking about that too. The idea about pessimism, it's almost like, is that some sort of, you know, um, I I wondered if, if, if sometimes we use pessimism as kind of like a defense mechanism of- of, of, From trauma. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, there's there's like that kind of like um, question- um, I must use an example from a Spider-Man movie, but I'll, I'll hold off on it for right now. But the, there's the kind of question about like, you know, is it better to be um, hopeful, but then open yourself up to bigger disappointment? Or is it better yeah. to be, or just you know, live your like, life thinking everything's going to be awful and then be and surprised then when you'll it's be, not. Yeah. 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 And, and I don't know, I don't know if I have a great answer for that. Uh, because I mean, are you spent, does that mean you're spending 90% of your time feeling like hopeful and then, you know, 10%, you know, in crushing disappointment? Well, and, and, and then how much, how much influence does your mindset have and what actually happens? That yeah. to me would be what's dangerous because, I I don't think mm. that there's a better real world example than when you're feeling sick. Like if you lean into that sickness and you like get depressed and down and you want to stay indoors and like, man, it, it takes you longer to get through it. But if I'm thinking healthy and like trying to make myself feel better sitting out in the sun and like, it just seems like sickness doesn't stay as long. So mm-hmm. like I, and I just mean like there's a, there's a mental aspect to oh, golly we keep coming back to this the fact that you know your mental health and your physical health you know are way more intertwined than we think it is yeah, a lot of times yeah. but you know i wonder if that has a lot to do with it like it's not necessarily a bad to be pessimistic or optimistic but if if the way that i'm perceiving something's going to happen if that has any chance to become a self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. then i got to be really careful where i let my mind go yeah yeah yeah, because 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 yeah, because I think there's a there's a very easy 
tendency, maybe not easy tendency, but there is definitely a tendency where you could let these things kind of become exaggerated to extents that become um, dangerous to you, yeah. right? You know, so like optimism taken to its extreme becomes naivete, right? You know, you're just, you're just, your head is in the clouds, you're not paying attention to anything, and you're, you're going to get, I mean, you're in for a rude awakening at some point. Um, pessimism, I guess, can proceed all the way into more like depression or, you know, kind of like nihilism, right? The belief that, oh, nothing will ever be yeah. good either. Yeah. And so, you know, like the, how we kind of like, I don't know, exert some 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 boundaries on that or maybe not boundaries because, again, it, it can be kind of hard to recognize at the, the the time. But but just recognize that we have a certain level of influence or or control to some degree and that that maybe we should take steps to to protect ourselves um is i think critical for how we proceed with whatever disposition we have um and so if it's like you know mm. recognizing that you know when you are sick you need to you know you need to take steps to make yourself you know to balance yourself out a little bit um um, I mix my metaphors there. <laughs> you don't really get sick and then need to balance yourself out. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Being sick is no, not the same as yeah, being unbalanced. Sorry, I'm, it's too many thoughts. <laughs> well, and there's probably so much of our life that is trying to find the balance between the extremes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and uh, maybe my mind's there because I just did a series called harmony where we took mm -hmm. two things yeah. that appear to be yeah. opposites but you know in reality they work better together and and maybe you know pessimism needs to you know speak into optimism and optimism needs to speak into pe pessimism you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's probably a healthy healthier place and maybe that's maybe that's why i always take the opposite I wish I wish that were true, yeah. but it's it's mostly just because I'm stubborn. Hey, <laughs> I I wouldn't call it stubborn, but uh, but I don't know what else to call it. So uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe maybe it's stubborn, but that's not more comforting. But no, it's like it's you, you know one of the things that, that this might seem like a slight tangent, um, but but I think it's worth saying. You know, one of the things that I've noticed about you in meetings or, or things like that is just that you know it it's always helpful to just have additional perspectives on yeah. something, right? You don't want to go into the groupthink mentality, and you don't want to just kind of like bring everybody to consensus right away, because when that happens, different ideas are lost. And so, to some degree, I think about that as the kind of push and pull between optimism and pessimism, for sure. You know, because because if you're just kind of like, oh, this will definitely work. This will absolutely, you know, if you're planning something and it's like, oh, going to be big success. Everybody's going to love it. It's not going to be a big deal. Then what happens? Well, you, you know, yeah. you give yourself a hard time later because you did not consider the possibility that, yeah. you know, this part will not work or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Of course, the opposite is true, too. If you just kind of live in the realm of like, oh, man, this is not going to work. This is a terrible idea. Let's yeah. not proceed with this. And then, then you never try. Then nothing gets done. Yeah. 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 There's no chance Well, and, and sometimes there are times where you try something and you say, oh, we, sh we should never do that again. And then there's times where you try something and you say, that was good, but it would be so much better. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you either figure out what not to do or you figure out, you know, we can be more creative with this and do something a little bit different. And it, you know, it'll, it'll work. It just needs some yeah. polishing. Yeah. 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 That's a really cool idea too. Right. Because, you know, there are kind of like different levels to how we bring optimism versus pessimism to everything where you can, you can kind of like try something out. But you can also, in the back of your mind, be kind of like, oh, I don't think this is going to work or whatever. And, you know, how much yeah. does that potentially kind of like limit your your full effort and enthusiasm for it? And then if it doesn't go exactly according to plan or if there's something that doesn't work, then how quick are we to just shut that down? Yeah. Right. And say, like, no, nope, didn't work. Oh, well. Well, and that mm -hmm. goes back to, you know, there's there's a difference between being pessimistic and then being cynical. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. This is cool. Yeah, and this letting is a great that distinction. And letting that speak into your attitude because it could be your attitude that's undermining the effort in general. So mm -hmm. what what could be a success is always gonna be a failure because you've deemed it so. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Be before you even start. Yeah. 
as I've been thinking about it, the the main thing that kind of comes back here, and I definitely want to hear if you have any any kind of like thoughts on this, but I think it's just really really important for us to recognize that this 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 kind of like push and pull of these things is you know it, it can certainly influence our 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 kind of like view of things our disposition or how we proceed with certain decisions or or you know um or how we just kind of live our lives or anything but but that you know we have to we have to control it to a certain degree you know like because otherwise we can we can fall I don't know, fall into all of these, these potholes and, and stumble on all these obstacles and things, because I was thinking about this, this is kind of a, this is kind of a strange example, but you know, like when I was, when I was younger, like when I was in my teenage years and some of that, when I was feeling most pessimistic, I would get into this headspace where it just felt like, okay, um, I, don't really, you know, it, it kind of comes back to this idea of insecurity, you know, I don't really believe in myself and, and, you know, some of these things. So if I try something, I'm not going to be successful. So then if I did try something and I wasn't successful, you know, it was this horrible cycle of just, you know, just being, you know, really more than just pessimistic, really moving into depression, you and know, negativity. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and fortunately, you know, um, I had, you know, I'm trying to say this without it sounding like I'm bragging or anything, but I did have some things that went right. I'll yeah, just say it yeah. that way, you know, like yeah. some successes, some some things that that went really well, and that kind of slowly built up my my confidence and my and and kind of shifted things. So that now, I mean, honestly, like I was saying before, I do feel more optimistic about things in general, and I think the true test of that is that when bad things do happen, you know, I'll be, of course, depending on the level of severity, you know, the level of tragedy or whatever, um, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll tear me apart or whatever. But, you know, yeah. the, the true test of that is that in, if in a couple of days, you know, once some things kind of settle down or whatever, uh, whatever it might be, you know, even though it, things might feel raw or whatever, do, you know, what, what do I think? What do I think about the future? What's going to happen or, or you know, um, some of it, some of it is even potentially faith-based too, you know, like, you know, how, how, how comfortable or how confident do I feel in those things? And I, and I do feel a certain level of, you know, hope and, and confidence that I don't think I would have when I was, when yeah. I was younger. Um, and a lot of that mind shift has been so helpful for me, not just, you know, dreading the day when I get up, you know, I kind of lost the, the, the question that I had for you in that. No, well, <laughs> I mean, I, to your, to your point, I think that our optimism should come from our hope in Jesus and our confidence in him rather more so than just our confidence in ourselves. Yeah. 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 So I think that's dangerous because I mean, you, you, I always think of Samson when I, anytime you think of arrogance, I think of Samson because he just lived a life where he didn't think he was ever going to get defeated. And you know, you, you, you forget where your victory comes from. Mm -hmm. You become conceited. And then when you become conceited, you're at danger of losing, you know, the Lord's blessing. And then when you lose the Lord's blessing, you know, eventually you're going to, you're going to, you're going to face a battle at some point that you can't win on your own. Yeah. And that, the ending's not great mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I, as we were kind of like, as I was thinking about this discussion that we were going to have, I originally had written some notes here, like about how like, you know, this was going to be a really silly kind of like end cap to our conversation. However, it ended up about like, I hope, I hope you guys can find your optimism in the day. Um, but, <laughs> but the more that I think about it, the less that I want to, you know, stress that someone needs to be more optimistic than pessimistic. It's more like just about what do you do with that? How do you, yeah. how do you put that into something so that you can be productive? Because, uh, you know, someone that does tend towards more pessimism, that's okay. As long as it doesn't, you know, crush you, I yeah. think is the, is the main thing. Or you use that as an excuse to crush others and then call yeah. it, I'm just a just, realist. Yeah. The realism thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I've used that one in the past yeah. and I've heard it, you know, it's like, no, I'm not pessimistic. I'm just realist. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like, sure, sure you are, man. Yeah, it's hard to be realistic about something that hadn't happened, but yeah. okay. That's tough. Yeah, one of the things that I thought about while you were talking is that, or through all of our conversation, is that 
it feels good to do something well, but there's a fair amount of pressure that comes after that for you to do it well again. Mm-hmm. And when you do something poorly, it's an opportunity to do better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would say that as dumb as this might sound, it is so much easier for me to preach, to be motivated to preach after I give a sermon that I think went poorly. Okay. Yeah. And I almost dare to say that I hate preaching after a sermon that I feel like went mm-hmm. really well. Interesting. Because there's now an expectation, a standard. Yeah. That I feel like I have to measure up to. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was just trying to think about how optimism and pessimism plays into that and and why why we allow past performance to have so much power in what's next. Yeah, right. And I know that at, at some level, I, I think it's good to say, okay, I, I didn't perform that well this time. So it's good to have motivation to want to be better. But at what level am I being pessimistic about the next sermon because I'm just assuming that I'm not going to be able to do that well again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of stupid. It, yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I, I, I understand. I understand exactly what you mean on on kind of like all sides of that. It's like, yes, I feel the same way after a really good um, class session or something like that. We had uh, just this past week. I had an an amazing what I maybe one of my best um, reading discussions um, all like I don't know in the last couple of years anyway and At first I thought you were going to say just all year and I was like well yeah. Matt the year just started yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we too uh, <laughs> Vincent's University uh, um, I think that's the first time I've mentioned that. I know, the college I was... ones <laughs> I was like okay yep 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 we'll uh, edit that oh well <laughs> <laughs> but uh but I had a really I I mean like and of course you know a reading discussion isn't done well because of the professor it's done well because of the students because yeah. they engage and they come up with good ideas so there's there's really nothing for me to take away from that except for kind of like you suggested me think I'm like okay how do I care how do I possibly carry that positive yeah. momentum forward into the next class period and and then it's it's hard because you can't affect the way that you feel after if the next one does go poorly like I, I struggled with that with Sunday school when I was teaching Sunday school is that you have one week where the discussion is phenomenal mm-hmm. and it's it really has nothing to do with you. Yeah, but then right. the next week, it's crickets, buddy, yeah. and it's horrendous. And, and you're kind of like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it, we were past this. <laughs> when it's hard not like to feel poorly or feel pessimistically yeah. about that when it really it man. It's just circumstances. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has been it has been a really useful thing. I've I've kind of convinced myself when I have those days to just chalk that one up and being like, okay, that one didn't go so well. And I and I try to be really careful when I'm talking to myself so as to not get too negative with my self talk to even say things like I did a bad job because I I don't think I have the clarity necessarily to even you know ascertain that fully you know i need to yeah i need time you know to really say that with any sort of like precision or or you know clear eye uh towards that but that's definitely a big change with me of like okay i'm not i it it helps me not to dwell on it i guess Mm. um which which can be a negative side of pessimism On, on the flip side though i think sometimes you know something like a pessimistic um attitude can be like we've said already, can be a useful tool because yeah. it can help you kind of feel a certain um, urgency or motivation. It's like, okay, I don't think this is going to go really well. Okay, well, what steps can I take to make it better before I have to put it into practice? Yeah. You know, I have been really pessimistic about lessons in the past, but there's been enough time that I'm like, okay, well, what can I do to fix it before we get into the class? Well, and and it's I, I wonder how much of our history speaks into why we might be optimistic or pessimistic about something that that we're facing in the future because if if we've had success with something in the past we might be more optimistic rather you know yeah you know you take right, a right, right. you take a test 
and you failed it and you got to retake it, you're not as like, you're not going into it thinking, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill it this time. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. sometimes I wonder, you know, you, you talked about focus and I think that too much focus on either is not good. Yeah. In the sense of when we look at the past, we can either soak in shame of failure mm-hmm. or we can bask in the light of glory. Mm-hmm. And I think both of them make us blind where, where we're headed Yeah, and that each situation is different and we can't really, I mean, it's okay to be optimistic or pessimistic about something that's coming up, but you can't just assume because this, this worked then that it's going to work now or that it didn't work, you know, or that because you failed at it in the past that you, you're not going to be able to do it right this time. That's a really good point because when you think about it, that 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 eventually gets into an aspect of pride, right? Like that yeah. you have figured it out. You know, this is going to be bad. This is going to be good. I figured it out. And this is, you know, these are the immutable circumstances that are definitely going to happen, right? Yeah. When we know from life experience that, you know, we're wrong about this stuff all the time. Yeah, unfortunately, all the time. It's like something that I was sure was going to be a complete, you know, disaster, uh, not to use the title of our show, but uh, <laughs> but but turns out pretty okay. It goes a lot yeah. better than I think. And then, of course, vice versa, something that I was sure, like, oh, man, surefire lesson plan oh, that's going to work, you know. I got, I got a great, great illustration. We got, we went on vacation and, Everybody except my wife got pink eye because oh, she's man. ordained by God or something mm. like that. I don't know how she managed. I mean, have the protection. It's the yeah, only I, way. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know how she did it, but she's magical. But Atlas got pink eye, and we were like, "Oh crap!" Getting eye drops in uh-huh. this dude's eyes are is gonna be an absolute stinking nightmare. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what, dude, he loved it. That's that's amazing. Like I told him, I told him like, it's time for eye drops. He just lay on the bed and it's like, bring it. Like, I was just like, what? That Like, so <laughs> I'm like, you just, you just don't know, man, especially with kids, man. You just, you never know what they're going to do. Can I give the perfect counterpoint? Yeah. So I'm watching my nieces, uh, over, over summer and one of them gets, uh, gets this little kind of like, we think that she got like some dust from like this, um, this kind of like farming horse, uh, a horse camp that she was going to this weekly like summer camp thing that she was a part of but anyway she gets this really nasty um eye uh thing you know we wanted to make sure it wasn't pink eyes so we had some drops and uh and tara was trying to uh put them in and it was really not going well and i was like no problem i know how to handle this i was very optimistic about it um and then 45 minutes later i'm i'm calling my brother i said hey listen do you think you get on facetime just to like convince her because i don't want this kid to get you know yeah. get like a horrible oh eye infection it was, a, it was an absolute disaster you're right a little bit of balance is sometimes just yeah. just good for us yeah. all the way so that we don't we're not surprised too surprised we ready to transition? I think so. I think so. You want me to take this one? I'm yeah, glad man. To. Yeah. Go for it. So, so, so the idea about optimism and pessimism, and and we we touched on it a little bit. You know, some of that is definitely tied into our faith, and you know, kind of thinking about like what the future is. And of course, the future is something that uh, the Bible does speak to uh, to to varying uh, levels of uh, I guess clarity, right? You know, yeah. there are some things that are very obvious, and then there are some things that are a little bit more opaque. You know, they're kind of tougher to discern. And so, you know. I can give a little bit more background on, on my experience with this and you know in a couple minutes after I ask you the question but you know when thinking about something like the end time right you know this this time that's that's foretold for us as uh, as believers you know I think there are some Christians that look at it with a certain level of anticipation for like you know bring it on um, I, you know, I, I want to see Jesus return and that kind of stuff. And then there are some people that, that look at it with so much uncertainty because yeah. of, you know, like, what, what does that mean? What is it? And, you know, there's a certain amount of fear, honestly, that I've seen and that I've felt it personally. Um, yeah. and, and I can talk more about that later, but I want to ask you the question, especially considering your background as a pastor, um, you know, I'm not sure that qualifies me, but well, go. no, but there are some questions, you know, <laughs> there's some questions where we have, uh, 
where where I asked the question and uh, I feel like I already I already know the answer. Just being honest, but um, but some of them I don't know the answer to, and this is one of them that I'm I'm grateful for you, um, especially. What do you think when you think about like how Christians should view the end time? It, I know that's big, so so forgive me. Uh, no, I no, I, I I think it's hilarious how sure people are about how and why and what and when mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Because I mean, first of all, there's a couple a couple scriptures. One says it's going to happen. Jesus is going to come back like a thief in the night. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be unexpected. You have you have no no idea. How, when, then it says, Jesus says, nobody except God knows the time, when it's going to happen. Literally only the Father, not even Jesus. Yes, not even (laughs) Jesus knows. Yeah. And so I think it's comical that this is one of the things that people debate. Yeah. And get frustrated about. I personally am, am, don't believe in the rapture, but like, I'm not. I'm not going to hate on people that do like, yeah. I don't know that it matters. Like for me, the the end times is such a funny thing because the more you read revelation, the more you're like, what in the heck is this thing talking about? Yeah. And even when I listen to scholars talk about it or translate it or read commentaries, there's just like a part of me that's like, these people don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's just, there's just, there's so much uncertainty with exactly what God is talking about. And I I don't know that the purpose of Revelation is to give us an idea of what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. I think that Revelation was a, a gift that God gave John to give him an idea of what what was going to happen and how it was going to happen. And But I don't think the purpose was to give him details or to warn him. To me, the only appropriate end times theology is faithful in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter how it's going to happen because whether or not I die tomorrow in a car accident or I I make it, I'm still alive when Jesus comes back, I'm going to have to stand before God and give an account for my life. Yeah. And, and when I'm standing before God, Jesus is either going to say, I know this guy, he's my friend, he's with me, or he's going to say, I don't know him. And that's going to be the difference. And it's not about what I do. It's not about what I've done. It's about whether or not I know Jesus well and whether or not he stands. <laughs> and he's already stood for my punishment. Yeah. But, you know, that that's that's the only way. You said a word that triggered something in me, and it was the word fear. Yeah. And that's the thing that really bothers me because I I don't think that people fully understand what that word means. I think that we should not fear as much as you read some of that stuff. It it doesn't sound like Jesus coming back does not sound as glorious as some people make it out to be. It it sounds pretty horrifying. Right. <laughs> yep. Uh but for me, it's not about fearing what's going to happen to my body. It's about fearing what's going to happen to my soul. Mm-hmm. And being afraid of spending eternity separated from God. Yeah. And that, to me, is the heart of what all end times talks should be, is how do I make sure that my soul eventually is in unity with God once again? And Jesus gives us that answer. And and a focus on his life and who he is and my relationship with him, to me, is the only thing that matters. As far as how it happens, like... You know, there's this funny thing that people say that I'll say I'm a pan millennialist and it's just that I believe that it'll all pan out in the end, which is kind of a ridiculous, silly thing. But I mean, truthfully, that's I mean, it speaks to a lot of what I believe is just Mm -hmm. that it's not my it's not my job to be concerned about how and when and why it's going to happen. It's my job to be faithful right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really cool. And um, I'll, I'll just say that, you know, speaking on that idea about fear, I think sometimes um, like when well, let me back up just a tiny bit. I won't take too terribly long with this. But the idea that, you know, in the in kind of the 90s, um, you know, there was this 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 huge, you know, kind of like it was a, it was a 
pretty strong um, borderline, you know, mainstream cultural moment uh, around the time of the uh, the, the Left Behind um, series of, of books, and and it was made into a couple of movies with you know Kirk Cameron and and all that kind of stuff. So it was very present in um, in culture and especially in like a lot of youth groups and stuff that I was a part of. Yeah. And I have to be honest with you, as as um, as you know, I'm sure well-intentioned those books were, they really freaked me out. Yeah. Like they freaked me out about like the idea of like all Fear-based this- Fear-based evangelism. This, all this horrible stuff that yeah. was going to happen. And you know, it, it, it was- it, it was. It kind of goes back to our discussion, which which is maybe why I thought about the question at the same time that we thought about the the, the other one um, about optimism and pessimism, because it got to a certain point where I was like, well, if the rapture is going to happen like any minute now, what's the point of me making you know do, doing anything you know at a certain point? And I know that that's kind of screwed up, you know, on yeah. the whole because. You know, we have to be careful what plans. The Bible tells us about that too. You know, yeah. don't plan about what's going to happen a year from now or anything like that. But, but just you know, it, it's like you said, it was it was that fear based emphasis that really really messed with me a lot. And and if I'm being honest, actually kind of led me to just questioning a lot of things in a way that I think I was kind of protecting myself. I started to doubt as a result of that. You know, the only way I could kind of keep myself from just worrying about so much was to wonder well maybe it's not true you know like and and that's obviously kind of poisonous if you think about it the wrong way too i think it's important for me to to draw a a line to distinguish between being afraid of spending eternity without god and being afraid of hell Mm -hmm. Okay, because i think that that what you talked about that idea of fear-based evangelism really was what the church did back then yeah is we want to we want to scare the hell out of people is really what the mentality was and i think that that's the wrong thing i i want to be afraid of missing out on an opportunity to be with jesus i don't want to be afraid of hell yeah i think that's a very different shift because a, a afraid of hell is that i don't want this to happen to me and being afraid of missing out of being with jesus is more so like I don't want to miss out on that opportunity Yeah, more so than I'm just afraid of this happening to me. That's no, you're that's, that's pretty powerful. No, even as you just say that now, I think, I think you're exactly right. And I think that, you know, speaking again, just for me personally, when I think about my, my younger, you know, kind of attitudes and beliefs towards Christianity it was fear-based. It was totally fear-based and, and rules-based too. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't know if we talked about that on pod or not, but that was definitely something that I kind of had to, you know, when I went through some of my doubting periods as a, as a late teen and, and, and then kind of came back more fully to the faith, the idea about grace and mercy, kind of understanding that more fully. And also, like you said earlier, the idea that I don't have to know all the details for how things are going to um happen you know what's going to happen in the future even some of the stuff that it talks about in the bible where you're kind of like okay the flood and all of that kind of stuff how did all that work out it's like you know what i i don't worry about that as much as the fact that you know just that god uh loves us and he wants to you know protect us and save us and and those kinds of things um so you know, and I'm not saying that to say that I'm skeptical of the, the biblical flood or anything like that. But just like, you know, when people will ask me those types of questions, like, well, how is that possible? It's like, I don't I I can't explain that, yeah. you know, and I don't have to. No, know, that, that's not really what our faith needs to be based on. No. Um, and I think our, our view towards, you know, the end time, like you said, um, very, very well, needs to just be focused on the fact that, you know, we, we, we want to, you know, um, what was the way that you phrased it? Uh, live meaningfully or, or like, faithful in the meantime. Yeah. Faithful in the meantime. Thank you. Yes. Because that's, because I think that that kind of opens up the doors to everything else, you know, how we treat other people, the idea of evangelism or witnessing to other people. It's not because we think like, Oh, if I don't do it today, then they might be, you know, I might be raptured up tomorrow yeah. or something like that. But there is just a certain amount of like, well, I have to do, uh, it's a good idea to do it today because why not get started today? You know, there's no time like the present and, and, and who knows, terrible things can happen. You know, a car accident can happen tomorrow. You know, someone can have a terrible tragedy befall them. And, and you know, that's what we're called to do. So it's all about kind of like realigning it or making things, um, making it so that we're doing things based on the right motivations and then not so necessarily the ones that, again, have these kind of like really powerful negative associations with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like you know like i said this is one of those ones where i've i've personally struggled with this a lot and sometimes when i hear people kind of talk about how like they're almost kind of like champing at the bit it's like man i can't wait for this end time to get here and everything i'm just kind of like i don't know if i agree with that you yeah. know well here's the other thing that cracks me up is that every single generation that's ever lived on this yeah. planet thought that the world was going to end while they were here. Exactly. And so far it hasn't. So I'm not <laughs> expecting it to happen in my time either. This is the screwed up thing is that during this time, I would go on message boards because I was cool. I was cool as a kid. <laughs> I would go on message boards about, I you know. I want to explain that for the young people. <laughs> What, they had these they had these online um, spaces in which people would write posts um, sort of like you do on social media it's but like, uh, it's like the old school reddit yes yeah, reddit i guess is what it really comes and then there would be people that would say well it's definitely going to happen within the next 3 years you yeah. know um, this was you know 20 years ago that i was reading these things so obviously it didn't happen uh, yeah. back then uh, so yeah you're you're exactly right i just it, it's comical because you have to think you know just kind of looking over the scope of of history over the last, let's say, like 200 years, around the time of the fall of the Roman Empire, people were probably like, okay, guys, it's finally happening, you know, or around the time of the, the bubonic plagues in yeah. Europe or oh, whatever. Yeah, they were dude. probably like, this is it. This has got to be it. How could it possibly get any worse? And There was way worse times in history than, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of us I, Christian people praying and hoping for revival. There's nothing wrong with that, obviously. Yeah, sure. But it's it seems, and I, and I fall into this category, it's like, oh my gosh, the youth of this nation is, is, is falling away from God. Like, read the Bible. Like, that's what happened. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was a generation that was faithful. There was a generation that wasn't. Yeah. Then there was a generation that was faithful. Like, it's hard to explain. <laughs> it's like the beginning and ending of every chapter of Judges yeah. at, at oh, one yeah. point or another, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> And then they, the people did what they saw was right in their own eyes. Yeah. And then bad things happened. I mean, it's just what, but yeah, I mean, it's just having a bigger, bigger perspective than that. But yeah, cool. All right. We want to transition to final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah. Let me see, which might mean no. Um, yeah. Let me see. I got one. Okay. Go for it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for it. And thinking about this end times deal, I thought of a great, Example. Okay. Might not be great. We're just I'm being okay. I'm being optimistic about it. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Yeah, this is good. Scategories. Okay. Now, if you've not ever played Scategories, you roll a dice that has twenty six letters on it. It may not have twenty six. They may cut out some difficult letters. I don't know the answer to that question. That'd be a fun fact to look up. Yeah. I'm trying to think now too, but I can't think of it. Go ahead. Yeah. Anyways, you get a certain amount of time usually between one and three minutes and you get certain categories and you have to fill out that category for the letter that you rolled. And so whoever comes up with the most stuff obviously gets more points yeah. and wins the game. Right. So there are people and, and I do this sometimes too. You get so stressed that the timer's running out mm -hmm. that you freeze. Mm hmm. And I, I wonder for the people that are just like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's like you're so worried about whether or not the end is coming mm -hmm. that you're not, you're missing out on work that you could get done. Mm -hmm. So instead of worrying about when the timer is going to run out, just keep working until it does. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's not such a great example. But no, it's, it's cool. Kind of, kind of just came at me at that moment. I was like, wow. Quit worrying about when the timer's going to run out and just try to keep working. One of my side jobs was um, uh, for, for the last few years has been to proctor like uh, the, the SAT um, for, for people who need to take that in high school. And, and uh, we do it at, the, at the, the university that I work at that I didn't mention the name of earlier in this episode. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, but, but it'll be funny. I'll keep, you know, I'll have the time up and they'll be working. And then when I have to give out the, you know, you have to, you kind of have to mention how many minutes there are left periodically through it. And whenever I say the five minutes left guys, 
that's when I notice like a different kind of like energy just kind of like filters over the room. And it's just like you said, I can tell with a couple of people, it's always, there are always a couple of people in the room. They kind of like shut down at that Mm. point. It's just like, there's two, you know, it becomes overwhelming in that moment. So like you said, they freeze. So that's a powerful example. I can, I can see that too. Yeah. No, I don't have a takeaway though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we have this whole conversation. Matt doesn't have a takeaway. (laughs) I have have really just weird notes written at the end here. It's like the story is not over. I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means. But But don't uh, you hate that when you write something down and you go back later and you're like, I have no idea what that what I'm talking about. I have this half written note here. If you're optimistic and suffer disappointment, and that's it. That's That's the end of the note. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is professional disaster. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. We love you. We appreciate you. Have a good week, everybody. Peace. Peace.